Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports. So grateful you can join us. A great show today. We're going to start with elections. There's a primary day today with California and uh, several other states up for elections. But we're going to be focused on next week's election in Nevada, where a very important U.S. Senate seat is up. Uh, Adam Laxalt, the leading Republican candidate for the U.S. Senate seat in Nevada, the former attorney general there, an innovator in the attorney general space when he was there. Uh, He's going to be joining us to talk about the race, about Biden foreign policy, the effect of inflation. Uh, Nevada, by the way, has like the second highest gas prices after crazy California. He's going to talk about how that is riling up the electorate in Nevada as we head into one of the most closely watched Senate races in American history in Nevada this fall. And then after that, we're going to talk to the great foreign policy advisor to former British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, Maggie Thatcher. Now Gardner's here with us. He's just back from London. He attended Queen Elizabeth's uh, 70-year jubilee, got to witness the failed but a very intense vote of confidence on Prime Minister Boris Johnson there. A lot to talk about the state of West and foreign affairs. Uh, we're going to cover all of that with Nile Gardner. Always an entertaining and informative guest. Two great interviews back to back. Come right back after the commercial break. We're going to have a great discussion, great hour of podcasting ahead of us. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? 
Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. So excited to have this next guest on. He is running for the U.S. Senate seat in Nevada. He is the 33rd Attorney General of Nevada, a former Iraq vet and all-around great guy, Adam Laxalt. Adam, great to have you on. Hey, thanks so much for having me. You have a lot of momentum in your your race here. As you look back with the economic picture the way it is, I think we just heard today from the World Bank that they believe officially that we're headed towards a moment of stagflation. Your assessment of what most is concerning voters in Nevada right now? Well, yeah, I mean, if you asked me six months ago, uh, it was, was, you know, a handful of different issues. But there's no question today, it is the economy, it is inflation, it is gas prices. Uh, Nevada's number two on gas prices in America. Amazing. And I have to and I have to remind national audiences that we've never been even in the top half. Um, and so this is just a, a massive spike for us. I believe it was five sixty was the average in the state yesterday. Uh, there was a gas station, you know, five minutes from where I work that was seven dollars yesterday in Reno, Nevada. And so um, this is just having a catastrophic effect. Uh, of course, we're talking those prices are affecting regular Nevadans. Uh, let's not get into the diesel prices and what this is all doing to trucking, uh, which, of course, we are massive users of out here in the West. And so it is uh, it's just a huge, huge problem. And, you know, the, I think the biggest thing, John, is that there is no end in sight. There are no solutions uh, being brought forward. And, you know, Joe Biden and our Senator Catherine Cortez Masto continue to just toe the same line. There's no about face. There's no course correction. And uh, I think that's what's really has people scared is that that they just do not have any confidence in Democrat leadership right now, that they're actually going to step up and do the right thing for Nevadans and for the American people. Yeah, and you see that in the polling. The the Democrats are now getting blamed for the conditions themselves that their policies are behind it. Um, Another one that has a lot of people concerned, the border. There is a discussion that there is a caravan of uh, illegal migrants headed this way. Could be as many as 15,000, at least 6,000 are at one of the border cities right now. They expect it to reach that large. Uh, How bad is this going to be if, uh, if this caravan crosses the border? You know, John, I know you cover this stuff and, um, you know, Fox News to some extent. Uh, but when I talk to national reporters, they, they, they just assume this is right-wing talking points that Isn't people crazy? are concerned about the border. And I, I could tell you, this is, I mean, it is right there, the, a close second uh, of issues concerning everyday Nevadans. And I'm telling you, all stripes. This is not a conservative thing. It's not a Republican thing. This is independence. This is Democrats. People cannot believe what is going on at the border. Uh, they cannot believe that no one is fixing it, that the Democrats, you know, my opponent, Senator Masto, is currently trying to do what I call a rehabilitation tour. And she's saying that she supports law enforcement and she's fought against human trafficking. Uh, we keep reminding voters that uh, if only she supported a secure border, a lot of those problems would certainly turn the other direction. But they will not back away from open borders. This is the base of their party. This is, you know, what they believe in with religious fervor. And um, as a result, um, you know, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And can you imagine if the actual, you know, bankrupt mainstream media covered what was really going on? They covered a caravan that was sneaking over kids that were then turned into sex slavery, some of just the worst, most awful stories you can ever imagine. And of course, these are not being, not even, not once is this stuff being covered. Uh, But people are still hearing the news. They're still following it. They're still outraged. And this is one of the number one things we need to go after. If I win this race and we take back the U.S. Senate, you know, we better do whatever it takes 
to get Biden to wake up and say, you know, wave the white flag on this issue and be willing to work towards a secure border. Yeah, so so very important. And uh, when you think about the, the the details we do get from CPB, we do get from FBI, the 42 terrorists uh, or people known with uh, terrorist associations were stopped at the border. That means others may have gotten across that we don't know about. There was a terrorist led into the country. We had to scramble and go get him after the fact because the vetting didn't occur. Uh, beyond the humanitarian crisis, which uh, I think Congressman uh, Buddy Carter did a great job recently coming back from the board describing just the human uh, suffering that these migrants are going through on their way here because they're they're taken advantage of by the cartels. National security at the border. Uh, are we able to educate the public a little bit better about just how dangerous the situation is? I do think the national security piece is is, is lagging big time. I bring it up. I've been bringing it up you for do. you know very long time now. Uh, and of course, when when we were bringing this that this was going to happen, uh, you know, we were you know sort of laughed at that this was. This was not who's coming over the border. But naturally, if we have an open access point, then if there are terrorists that want to come in this country and do ill, do terrible things in this nation, they will find those open corridors. And so uh, it is happening. Uh, It is now happening, unfortunately, at a greater clip than it was a year ago. And I mean, it's we have a lot of reasons we need to secure a border. If this isn't enough of a reason on its own, uh, I don't know what else would do it. I mean, how in the world can you imagine, Lord God forbid, you have one of these people do a, a suicide bomb or some one of these major attacks because of an open border? It's going to take that to get finally the Democrats to be willing to secure our border. I, I certainly hope not. I hope we can get this thing under control before anything like that happens. Yeah, so important. One of the things you did as Attorney General that I, I often talk to people about, you created a federalism unit designed to exercise Nevada state's rights against an increasingly large Washington, big government, big socialist government, some people will say. Talk about why, how federalism has gotten this remarkable revival in America. You see it with all the attorneys general now, but I think you were the first to create such a unit, right? It was the first time it was created. And, um, you know, this is one of the main reasons I ran for attorney general. I had never run before. Uh, I was 36 at the time. I'm I'm 43 now. Amazing. Um, And, um, you know, uh, uh, President Obama was at at the peak of his phone and pen era. And uh, they they were bragging about the fact that they were just running through the Constitution. And here was this amazing opportunity to stand up for the rule of law, for federalism, for our constitutional liberties, and to be able to do it from an AG's office. It's just something that really hadn't been prioritized in the past, and we were tremendously successful. I mean, I feel like people kind of forget those last few years of the Obama era, but left and right, AGs, we were getting these huge injunctions stopping some of these executive orders just long enough uh, for, for President Trump to win in, in, in 2016 and uh, reverse course on a lot of these these unlawful uh, executive orders. Yeah, just just a remarkable thing. I want to. By take... the way, I mean it was it was you know sanctuary cities. It was yeah. uh, you know executive amnesty for for our state. It was the waters of the United States uh, and and the sage grouse. I mean these are things that have huge effect on daily lives of Nevadans and Americans. And uh, thank God we got a small reprieve from that. But I noticed the other day that President Biden, they, they, they were bragging about the fact that he had done more executive orders at this point in time in his presidency than any previous president. I mean, if that doesn't tell our listeners what's wrong uh, with Washington and with this administration, how can you brag about running over the Constitution more than any previous president before this one. It's unreal, isn't it, that that's a source of pride? It's just crazy. Uh, I want to take you to one other issue that has come up in the last couple of uh, days. The United Nations yesterday reported that its assessment is that in in the 10 months since the Taliban overrun, overran uh, Afghanistan by after Joe Biden's failed withdrawal uh, that they've uh, 
basically created operational command and control. They have free reign of Afghanistan, poses a great uh, threat to the West. The United Nations said, not even the United States, the United Nations says uh, the idea that Afghanistan is an enduring symbol of American failure all across the world. Your thoughts as someone who served so bravely in Iraq? You know, it is just still one of the worst foreign policy disasters we've ever experienced in our nation's history. Uh, I hope people haven't forgotten. Uh, and in fact, to, to my mind, uh, it was it was that catastrophe that probably started searing into the American public that we have a commander in chief that is 100 percent not up for the job. We know that the media helped hide him in the 2020 presidential. Right. And uh, I knew the guy wasn't up to the job and people that were that were really following knew that. But the media hit him. The American public, I think, really saw that this guy was 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 not capable of projecting strength. And they certainly, as a foreign policy, do not believe in peace through strength. You know, they, they believe in the exact opposite way of conducting foreign policy. And I don't know if we've seen such a rapid deterioration, uh, in, in certainly not in my lifetime, where a foreign policy could so rapidly collapse, especially from four years of peace through strength where none of this stuff was going on and, and dictators were not, um, you know, testing the metal and taking advantage of America and the Western world like they're doing every single day. We have to keep holding our breath with, with China and Taiwan, uh, with Iran. I mean, it is a dangerous world. And to have this guy, the commander-in-chief, for, you know, multiple more years is really, really a scary thought. Yeah, a lot of people are worried. And it seems like both our allies and our adversaries seem to have a, a, see a lack of clarity in what America stands for, what our intentions are. That always seems to create the greatest gravity of danger in, in the world when America's principles, its goals, its stated uh, interests are not clear. Do you think we're, we're, we're not doing a good job getting out our, our point of view and our, our values? Well, yeah, look, this is another example. President Biden has been all over the place uh, for his entire career. He's been wrong time after time on approach to foreign policy. None of this was vetted. None of this was challenged. And now we see this guy getting up and, and, and literally within 24 hours doing massive about faces on foreign policy. And so I can tell you I'm left as an American with, okay, did he get confused or did he actually want to change? But he has his puppet masters, once he got off the stage, uh, pull him back to an original foreign policy stance. I don't know the answer, uh, and I'm sure you don't know the answer, John. The American public doesn't know the answer. And so what in the world does that tell foreign adversaries and our allies? It must leave them utterly perplexed and confused as to where America stands on these important issues. That's the discussion we hear more and more. I was just talking to a world leader a little bit ago, and he said, I just can't even tell what Biden wants to achieve in this particular area. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think we know in America either. It's pretty, pretty remarkable. Adam, what's the best way for people to get involved and follow your campaign and the work you're doing? You've got enormous momentum way up in the polls in the Republican primary. But how do people uh, stay in touch with what you're doing? Yeah, AdamLaxalt.com. And uh, that's that's that socials Adam Laxalt as well. And uh, look, it's it's going to be the biggest swing state Senate race in America. So we'd love everyone's help. We're going to need as many allies as possible. They're going to throw everything and the kitchen sink at us. Uh, they've, they just had a $2 million George Soros attack ad on yeah. me uh, as far as early as May. Uh, so, so this thing is going to be rough and tumble, but we are ready. We're going to be on offense. And uh, in the end of the day, Senator Masto has a terrible record to run on, and she's going to have to answer for the Biden administration. Yeah, identified universally as one of the most vulnerable Democratic Senate incumbents. And with your big lead in the polls, I guess the primary is June 14th, so just about a week away. Uh, a lot of momentum. You can tell they're already worried about you. If they're running ads before the primary's over, you know exactly. you're over the target. Adam, a great honor to have you on the show today. Thanks so much for joining us. 
Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Folks, we'll take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have a really fun conversation. Uh, We have it often, and I'd like to do it again with our good friend, Nile Gardner, on the State of Foreign Affairs. He's fresh back from London, the Jubilee, uh, that was celebrated with Queen Elizabeth. And uh, a lot to think about the state of Boris Johnson, the state of the West, Russia, China, a great global conversation with one of Margaret Thatcher's former advisors, Nile Gardner, right after this commercial break. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News. That's AMAC.us forward slash Just News. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. So excited to have this next guest back on. He brings lots of worldly wisdom in a turbulent world. He is the director of the Margaret Thatcher Center for Freedom and the Bernard and Barbara Lomas Fellow at the Heritage Foundation. He is Niall Gardner. Niall, great to have you back on the show. It's my pleasure. Thanks very much, uh, John, for having me on the show. You uh, had a bird's eye view to the Jubilee celebration of Queen Elizabeth this weekend. Just some thoughts about the moment that it was and also the signal of transition that's ahead for the royal family. Yes, in fact, I just got back uh, from uh, London uh, late on Sunday night and I was there for the the Platinum Jubilee celebrations, uh, which took place over four days. Uh, And uh, the the celebrations were absolutely spectacular. And this was, you know, Great Britain at its very best. Uh, everything was immaculately uh, run. And, and, of course, the celebrations were a tribute to the 70 years on the throne uh, for Queen Elizabeth II. And, yeah. uh, you know, just an incredible achievement to be seven, seven decades uh, on, the, on the British throne. That's longer than Queen Victoria, who I think managed just over 60 years as, as queen. And so this is an incredible achievement. And, you know, the... Uh, the Jubilee celebrations really, I think, brought the country together. It was a moment of tremendous unity for the British people. There were British flags, Union Jacks flying everywhere. I did not see one single European Union flag, I have to say, on the streets of London. That was very refreshing because in the Brexit era, you know, Britain is once again a free, sovereign nation. And so the British flag was actually everywhere. Uh, and, and also, you know, without a doubt, I, I thought this was a, an incredibly inspiring moment for uh, you know, for Britain, really, uh, you know, a, a new era of self-confidence for the United Kingdom, 
an era when the UK is, is freed from the shackles of the UK. But also an era when I think, you know, the vast majority of people support the monarchy. Right. Uh, in fact, support for the royal family sky high in the United Kingdom. And I think that the monarchy is in safe hands as well. And, and I thought that, uh, you know, Prince Charles was, uh, you know, was excellent in terms of how he, uh, uh, you know, presented himself during the celebrations. Uh, he will be, uh, he will be king. I hope the Queen will be with us for many, many more years. She's 96 years old, uh, but I think she's still strong enough to be, uh, to be with us for, for many more years to come. And long may she reign. Uh, but uh, Prince Charles will take over as king, uh, and, and then after Charles, of course, uh, Prince William will succeed Charles as king. Uh, and, and so, you know, I do think the, you know, the future of the monarchy looks strong at this time. Uh, and uh, we have clear and, uh, you know, very robust line of succession in place. I, I think that, uh, you know, Prince William especially will make a, uh, a superb uh, king. Uh, and, uh, you know, William is, is hugely popular with the British people. The popularity of Prince Charles uh, and also Camilla actually is, has significantly grown in recent years. And that, that's a good thing, too. Yeah, it um, it seemed to me that the portrayal of uh, Prince Charles was much more positive than in years past. There was sort of a, uh, you know, there was pictures of him with his grandchildren. There were just these sort of tender moments that uh, a few years ago there would be all of this scuttlebutt. But it seems as how the British people and the British press are prepared to accept him as king. And he seemed to fill that role this weekend in a, in a pretty significant way. Do you agree with that? Yeah, and I, I do think that, you know, Prince Charles has very much grown into the role uh, as, the, as the heir to the throne. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think he, he is increasingly a figure of significant gravitas. Also significantly, I think a lot of the, you know, the perhaps animosity towards, uh, you know, Camilla right. has subsided. And I think that Camilla is actually now, you know, I think, broadly accepted by the British people. Uh, of course, she was not the most popular figure, uh, you know, the aftermath of uh, the passing of Princess Diana. Right. But I think the British people have, have embraced, uh, you know, both Charles and Camilla. Uh, and, uh, and I think certainly the, the popularity of Prince has significantly risen uh, in, in recent years. And, and I, I thought he did very well, actually, throughout the celebrations. He came across as a very endearing uh, a figure. Um, and, and I think that, you know, Prince Charles certainly, uh, you know, will, will make a very, uh, very good king. Uh, but I, I think also the British people are looking long-term William, who, who I think has been absolutely outstanding. And, and, you know, if you look at Prince William and Kate Middleton, their, their family uh, is, is absolutely uh, wonderful. And, and I think that, you know, that's the future of the monarchy in, in Britain. Uh, and William and Kate are massively popular among the British people. Uh, and, and I think that, uh, you know, the future of the, the royalty is very secure in uh, hands of, of Charles and later uh, William. Yeah, it really seemed that way. And I think there was a moment where Prince Charles uh, paid tribute to his mom. He was at a pomp concert, and I thought just the words were really there. You've cried with us, and you've laughed with us. And there was a, it was a moment, a very uh, a tender moment that we don't normally see from Prince Charles. I, I think that, that got a lot of attention over the over the weekend. I think it was on Saturday, but it was pretty fun to see that. Um a guy who had a bumpier weekend but survived his uh, vote of confidence yesterday, uh, the Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Your thoughts of where he is and yeah. what he needs to do? I mean, he's not in—he's not dead in the water, but it seems like he needs to make a pivot. I've heard you talk about a need for him to get back to more of a Margaret Thatcher version of, of conservatism. Is that a—is that a good roadmap for him? Yeah, exactly. And you know, it is extraordinary that so over the weekend we saw. Of course, see the final, uh, you know, stages of the the Platinum Jubilee uh, celebration that really brought the British people together. Yesterday, we had uh, the the among Conservative MPs a no confidence vote to decide the fate of Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister. And of course, that was a very divisive vote. Boris Johnson won that uh, that vote, but right. the the margin of victory was narrower than expected. And so, uh, the Prime Minister now face a situation where over 40% of Conservative MPs have, uh, have withdrawn their support for the PM. 40% of that voted against him. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, that's a very significant number. So the Prime Minister is wounded. Uh, but 
not necessarily gravely wounded. And I think the prime minister will continue uh, to lead uh, the British, uh, the British people, uh, and uh, and I think that uh, he's not the sort of PM who's who's just going to, you know, uh, to wither on the vine and and just step down. I mean, I think that Boris is going to stay in office, and he's going to continue. I think to to fight on as prime minister. But the reality is that the knives are out for him within the Conservative Party. The Conservative Party is the oldest, in many ways, most successful and enduring uh, political party in the world. But it's also known as a party that sometimes ruthlessly removes its own leaders. And that happened to Margaret Thatcher, of course, in 1990. Sure. Uh, more, more recently, of course, Theresa May was, was seriously uh, you know, wounded by a leadership contest that she won. But uh, she was out of office within a few months. I, I do think Boris Johnson, uh, his prospects look uh, certainly better than that of Theresa May. Uh, but uh, it's going to be a big struggle for him, I think, to remain as, as prime minister. I hope he remains as prime minister because I think that Boris Johnson, as the man who delivered Brexit, as the man who has also shown tremendous leadership over the Ukraine crisis, I hope he remains as prime minister. And I think that if he were to depart, it would create a, a, a new period of uncertainty for Britain, you know, uh, it would lead to a leadership contest for the, for the Conservative Party, for the next prime minister. And, you know, that's that's really sort of political Russian roulette. You don't know who is going to be the leader of the party. And the party could either, you know, uh, be in, in safe hands with someone like Liz Truss or Priti Patel, Home Secretary. But if the party moves to the left and selects a figure like Jeremy Hunt, for example, that would be a very different Conservative Party. Yeah, no, it would be very different. Um, your advice of uh, Boris Johnson as, as you look at him right now, it seems like he's very good on the big picture stuff, but he sometimes has the missteps on the day-to-day political yeah. things like, like the parties and things that got him in trouble recently. Um, often a reboot is, is, is something that can help someone get past those sort of missteps. Uh, is a return to Thatcherism smart for him right now? I mean, he, he kind of straddles this line between... Uh, you know, the traditional uh, British conservative, and then a little, he has a little bit more globalism than some of the other uh, British leaders before him on the conservative side. Is there a return to Margaret Thatcherism that you think would, would make a difference here? Yeah, I think it would. And, you know, the only way the prime minister is going to survive is if he is able to appeal to the right of the party, because they're keeping him in power. Uh, and while, while some of the MPs who voted to remove Boris Johnson are pro-Brexit MPs. Uh, my, my sense is that a large number of those MPs who voted to remove Boris Johnson um, are, are not Brexiteers. And right. so we don't, we don't know the full list because this is a secret ballot of Conservative MPs. But uh, I, I'm in no doubt that many of those who voted to remove Boris Johnson are more on the sort of liberal or, or sort of, you know, centrist side of the party. And, and some of them, of course, are not pro-Brexit. Right. Uh, and, and so... If, he, if he's going to stay as prime minister, Boris Johnson has to appeal to the right of the party. He has to appeal to the, uh, to the Thatcherite wing of the party, which is a very significant wing of the Conservative Party. And he has to appeal to those who are solidly you know, pro-Brexit. Uh, and, and I think that um, you know, he's got to move the party back with Thatcherite roots. You've got to cut taxes, reduce government spending, reduce the rule of the state. You've got to take a up a line towards the European Union. You've got to, I think, get rid of the Northern Ireland Protocol, which, uh, which right. is actually disastrous for Northern Ireland. Um, and so on many fronts, Boris Johnson has to move the party rightwards. He's also, I think, he's got to reverse course on his environmental agenda, which is hugely costly for the British economy, uh, and that's not popular with the fact right wing of the party. So there's much that Boris Johnson needs to do. He's not going to stay in power by appealing to the left of the party. They want him out. He's got to appeal to the Thatcherite conservative wing. That's the only way he's going to survive. Yeah, no, it's really, um, uh, it's such an important moment. And the way he pivots will, I think, define what happens in Great Britain and certainly whether he gets a second term there. I wanted to ask you about the state of the economy. You were, uh, last time we had a great conversation, you, you were spot on about where this economy seemed to be headed. And today, this morning, the World Bank, uh, it said that we appear to be headed towards a, uh, a 1970-style stagflation. Said it's going to be hard to avoid. Uh, when you see those words, when you see David Malpass utter those words, and you know there's a lot of factors here: the war in Ukraine, China, supply chain, and of course uh, large spending in the United States driving up our own inflation. 
Uh, do you, uh, this is a moment where world leaders can make some very important decisions that could determine how long the stagflation lasts or doesn't last. Yeah. Uh, what's your take on, on where we are? Right. Does someone have a good economic prescription? Yeah, I mean, you know, great, great questions there, John, and, and absolutely crucial questions for the American people, for the British people as well, and and no doubt uh, will will be the number one issue. The economy is the number one issue in the U.S. midterm elections uh, later this year, and also will be the number one issue for the U.K. when they go to the polls um, either in 2023 or 2024. So, uh, I think you know, firstly, uh, if you look at the the inflation situation on both sides of the Atlantic and soaring prices. Much of this is driven by government policies. There's yep. too much government spending going on. Uh, and, you know, I think if you look at what Joe Biden is doing here in terms of his, you know, overall approach, continuously spending, I would say, uh, I mean, this is a disastrous approach. And, you know, this is fueling the kind of inflation that, that can cripple the U.S. economy. It erodes economic confidence. Uh, and we're seeing that as well in the stock market. Uh, and, you know, the... You know, the fact that, uh, you know, Nasdaq's down, you know, 30 percent, S&P 500, close to 20 percent this year. Uh, There's no confidence in the economy here. And and this affects tens of millions of Americans, of course, invest in the stock market. Uh, And and of course, the high the high prices you see in the shops, uh, the the massive increase in uh, gas prices and so on. This affects everybody in America. Uh, And so a lot of this is government driven, uh, you know, uh, disastrous you know, uh, policy, basically. And, you know, Joe Biden bears a big brunt of the responsibility for this. Uh, and it's not just the war in Ukraine that is fueling all this stuff. I mean, it, that, that's just one part of the big jigsaw puzzle. Um, overwhelmingly, it's left-wing, big government uh, policies that are driving uh, the high high prices that we're seeing here uh, in, in the United States, but it's also driving, uh, you know, soaring prices in Europe as well. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the Biden presidency has got to reverse course. They've got to cut taxes. They've got to reduce government spending. Uh, and, and also they've got to, you know, they've got to allow U.S. Uh, companies to, uh, to develop U.S. energy uh, supplies. Right? Uh, this whole dependence upon over foreign energy, which is increasing under the Biden presidency, is an absolutely insane approach. And the U.S. should be the world leader in energy independence. Yep. Biden is yep. completely undermining that and, and damaging that. And, of course, America was well on the way to being so under President Trump, but it's being reversed now under Biden. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. And I think there was an MP a couple of um, um, months ago, maybe it was about a month ago, Kwasi Kwarteng, I think it is, that talked about, yeah. you know, Britain is going to not turn off its spigots on oil and gas because there is no transition in for decades to come. So why put our national security at risk by doing so? So let's not have a false goal. Let's not take the oil and gas off the market before the replacements are there. And that's the surest way yeah. to not only achieve energy security, but to create national security. Um, is that uh, idea, is that sentiment growing in Britain? And it certainly would be antithetical to what Joe Biden is trying to achieve here. Yeah, I think so. And so you mentioned Kwasi, you know, Quartan, the business minister. Um, you know, I, I do think overall in the UK, I mean, the British government has a far more pro-free market approach. Uh, it's not perfect. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, Boris Johnson, as I mentioned earlier, has to do a lot more to get Britain back to a kind of Thatcherite, limited government, low, low spending policies. But, but it, the overall mindset in the UK is far more pro pro market than it is in the Biden administration. Which the Biden administration, you know, frankly, some of some of the people who run economic policy there, uh, you know, I mean, wouldn't look out of place in you know 1970s socialist Britain, frankly. Uh, so <laughs> that's uh, yeah, the Biden yeah. It's so, it's so left-wing, really. Yeah, but at least true. in Britain, you've got a conservative government where they broadly believe in you know, free market policy. So I think the British are, are, are a lot more interested in, in developing the kind of policies that are going to get Britain back on track. Uh, and that has to be getting you know, government off the backs of, of, you know, of entrepreneurs, getting, back, so, uh, getting the government off the backs of the British people and cutting taxes and so on. I think the British government recognizes the need to do that. But in the U.S., of course, with Biden, it's a lost cause. Yeah, no, it really is remarkable. And I think there's a, a moment of inflection, just how much more damage we're going to be willing to endure before we screen stop. I, if you have to choose between heating and eating, then you're in a really difficult spot as an everyday American or an everyday Brit. And that's sort of the moment a lot of us are beginning to reach. I think this winter will be uh, a remarkable moment of, of, of trying to you know figure out how do I get groceries on the table and 
get enough oil and or gas in my car to, to get the kids to school. It's a, uh, I think that moment is yeah. pressing people. It, as you look at America, uh, this is going to be a pocketbook election in November. It seems like all the data shows that in the polling. What's the most important thing for conservatives in America to focus on between now and election day? You know, I think, um, you know, the stakes are so incredibly high, aren't they? Because America under Biden, I, I think, is in serious decline. You look at the, the state of the economy, uh, you look at soaring crime rates, uh, the open borders approach, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, uh, massive numbers of illegal migrants flowing into the country, uh, I think about two million or so under, under Biden. Uh, you also look at this, uh, this terrible woke agenda that, you know, political indoctrination in schools and so on, and, and the, you know, the far left trying to really fundamentally undermine, I think, uh, everything America stands for. So, you know, it, it's absolutely, you know, incredibly important that, you know, the future of the United States, the midterm elections, the 2024 presidential race, and, and conservatives have got to be very clear-sighted and clear-cut in what they stand for. They've got to stand for... Uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, taking back control of the United States from the far left, from the socialists. Uh, they've got to stand for, uh, you know, economic freedom and liberty. They've got to stand for a, a limited government, low, uh, low tax agenda. Right. Uh, they, they've got to stand for also, uh, in my view, they've got to stand for, uh, you know, tough immigration controls. They've got to stand for traditional conservative values that are going to confront and defeat the woke agenda, the far the far left. Also, the United States has to stand for American leadership on the world stage, not not retreat, not for isolation. Uh, and uh, they, they've got to really, you know, restore the idea that America leads on the world stage, as opposed to Joe Biden's weak need appeasement policies. So there's, there's much to be done here. But conservatives have got to stand up conservative principles. They've got to be, they've got to fight for the future of, of the United States. Because if the United States uh, you know, uh, declines. If the United States no longer leads, the world is going to be a very, very dangerous place, actually. And it's going to be dangerous place for the American people. Uh, so conservatives have got to stand up for, you know, American interests. Uh, and, and it's in the interest, I think, of, of the free world for America to lead, to lead the world based upon conservative principles. Yeah, so, so very important. Uh, the global security stage. We've got China building a secret naval base in Cambodia. We've got Russia beginning to make some gains in eastern Ukraine. Uh, North Korea is always acting badly uh, on some day or the other. Uh, are the world's biggest troublemakers fearful of, of the West right now, or do they feel it's so weakened that they can have their way? Yeah, you know, so I think that, um, you know, the enemies of the free world should fear the United States. And you, America should be, you know, should be feared as a great, as a great superpower. Do America's enemies right now fear the United States under Joe Biden? I don't think so. And that's why Putin moved into Ukraine. He wouldn't have done that under, under Trump, that's for sure. Um, and the Iranian regime is emboldened. The Chinese are emboldened. Um, and it looks as though the U.S. is in retreat, basically. Uh, and, uh, you know, our adversaries need to fear uh, what America could potentially do to, to stop them when, in their tracks, and especially China and Russia. Uh, because, uh, you know, if we allow, you know, the Chinese and the Russians to, you know, to do what they want to do across the world, to invade other countries, to, you know, to threaten our allies, uh, you know, threaten our neighbors, to undermine U.S.-American national security, if we allow them to do that, that is going to fundamentally undermine the security of the American people. At the end of the day, you know, the, the United States must, you know, must, uh, must lead on the world stage to defend, to defend the American people and also, of course, wherever necessary to defend our allies as well as part of the NATO alliance, for example. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I just think at the moment it's a very dangerous uh, period when the enemies, enemies of the United States are, are increasingly emboldened. And that's, that's the Biden effect right now. Biden is, you know, he just looks weak. He looks like an appeaser. And, and uh, you know, uh, we need a president who's going to really lead the United States as a strong, powerful nation that is going to fight, uh, fight to protect this, uh, this, this great nation, to fight to protect the American people uh, and, and stand up to the enemies of, of freedom and liberty. Yeah, it's uh, it's really a remarkable moment, and uh, 
Uh, even we're now seeing uh, publications like The Hill and political right stories saying Joe Biden's leading from behind. He's actually not leading. He's acting more like a candidate than a president. It's really interesting to see the mainstream media begin to assess the Biden presidency the way the polling and American people have been assessing it for maybe six, eight months now. It's uh, the yeah. moment where uh, a seam reckoning is there. Now, how do people follow all the great work that you're doing at Heritage? Uh, well, in a num- number of ways. I mean, they can go to heritage.org and, and see the, uh, you know, the publications that we're putting out. But, but also, um, you know, I write very regularly for the uh, London Daily Telegraph. You do? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, also, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, TV interviews, et cetera, they're, they're all posted on, on my Twitter page as well. So if anyone is interested, they, they can see my latest uh, interviews uh, with outlets such as Fox News and GB News and uh, and other, other media outlets as well. So uh, a, a number of ways that they, they can follow. Yeah, your, your Twitter feed is a must follow. I, I enjoy it and uh, check it every day because you, you have such wisdom and you find, I think, nuggets that are, are signals of where the country or, the, or where the world is headed. Uh, you do a really great job of capturing that early. It's um, a real pleasure. To- uh, thank you very much. And thank you for the work that you do as well. Yeah, and I love you having you in the show. It's always a great conversation. We'll get you back on soon because the world is a challenging place right now. Now, great to have you on. It's great to be here. Many thanks, John. All the best. All right. You as well. Folks, we'll take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after this message. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Hard to believe the hour passed so quickly, but it has a big thanks to Adam Laxalt and to Niall Gardner for giving us their insights. A lot of cutting-edge news here, a lot of thoughts about America's standing in the world. Our adversaries and our allies alike are confused by the Biden presidency, by his foreign policy, by his objectives, his views on what constitutes uh, American interest in the globe. And I think you heard Adam talk about that as a former soldier. Uh, and you heard now Gardner talk about that as a former advisor to the great Margaret Thatcher. Very important dynamic that we sometimes lose sight of because we're trapped in our own American interest. But the American interest abroad is also under grave threat, under grave doubts that we are not able to really articulate what our interests are in the world. And that's giving allies and adversaries alike a leg up and a great part of concern. I think that was a big takeaway I had from the interview today. Now, before we go, I always love to offer up one of our great partners, the special offers that they make for us here at Just the News for all of us that are part of the John Solomon Reports family. We all know if you're a gun owner, you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and your family. That's an important mission. It comes with the responsibility of owning a gun. And thankfully, our good friends at iTargetPro have created a revolutionary system that allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm in your own home safely. There's no better way to get trained and prepared better than to regularly practice, right? That's what I do at home. Well, iTarget has the ultimate system. All you got to do is download their proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your own firearm, and start your training experience. iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen your target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, all of the key tasks that go along with being a properly trained a gun owner, a properly trained defender of your own home. That is important. 
Uh, this is a great product. I use it. I love it. It's a great product for a dads on Father's Day. It's a great product to give any day to anyone who's a responsible gun owner. It works really well. I'm amazed how all of the different skill sets are honed in a, a virtual environment. It's what iTarget has created. So if you want to take advantage of this, we have a special offer that iTarget Pro has given us uh, for the Justin News family for John Solomon Reports. You go to iTargetPro.com. That's the letter iTargetPro.com right now and you save 10%, plus you're going to get free shipping with the offer code, one word, Just News. You've used that many times. Just News will get you 10% off and free shipping on your own custom iTarget Pro system made specifically for your firearm. This makes, like I said, a great gift for Father's Day, and it's less expensive than a few hours at the range. Why not buy that? That's the letter, iTargetPro.com, iTargetPro.com. Use the offer code, Just News. A great idea for Father's Day. All right, folks, thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports. Until then, God bless you. God bless this incredible country. Thank you for listening. And if you need that news fix every so often, go to justinnews.com 24-7. We got you covered with breaking headlines and exclusive news. Take care. Good night. Talk to you tomorrow. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.